our worship is, it's not merely vertical, but it's horizontal as well. To have this right relationship with God, we must also strive to have right relationships with others. To live like a Christian means that our worship is not merely vertical, but also horizontal. And how we conduct ourselves with others, it speaks a lot about how we conduct ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. I titled today's message, How to Live Like a Christian, because Paul is telling us how we should behave as believers in Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to learn that we are to have love without hypocrisy in verses 9 through 13. We are to bless and not to curse, verses 14 through 16. We're to live peaceably, verses 17 and 18. And we are to overcome evil with good, verses 19 through 21. And Father, I pray that you would just open our hearts and Lord, reveal to us in today's teaching how we should conduct ourselves as your followers in this world that we live in today. We find, Lord, that what Paul instructs for the believers in the first century church, as he continues to instruct through your inspired word to the 21st century church, they largely go against what we see going on in the world today. So, Lord, you have called us with a different nature And so, Lord, help us to learn how we should conduct ourselves, no matter the gift that you have given us or the gifts that you have given us. Lord, let all these things that we look at today become uh, hallmarks of our faith. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're also in verses 14 through 16. Bless and do not curse. It tells us, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So how do we respond to those who persecute, curse? Maybe they say or do bad things toward us. Maybe it's a a post that we get. Somebody says something not too kindly about us and everyone else sees it. We're not to respond in kind like much of the world, but we are to respond with the love of Christ. First of all, we are to bless and not curse. We're to bless. It means to speak well of with praise and thanksgiving. I kind of get 
nervous when someone speaks well of me with praise and thanksgiving because I think, all right, what are you after? Why are you buttering me up? And yet, Paul says that's how we're to conduct ourselves. With praise and thanksgiving, we're to speak well of one another. We're not to curse. We're not to wish evil or ruin on anyone or to give one over to ruin is what the Greek word can mean. We're not to curse, but we are to, secondly, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And third, we're to weep with those who are weeping. Now, this word for weep, it, is, it literally means any loud expression of pain or sorrow, especially for the dead. And in New Testament times, in biblical times, they used to hire mourners. People who just had this gift of being loud when someone died. And this is the word. When they are weeping, we are to cry just as loud as they're crying. I don't know if I can quite do that, but that's the sense of the word. You're to put that emotion in. And our inherent sin nature teaches us to retaliate against those who hurt us, to complain about the success of others, not rejoice. And we often like to avoid awkward circumstances that causes someone to weep or mourn. And yet the Spirit of Christ demands that this is to be our response. In Matthew 5, verses 44 through 46, it says, Jesus saying, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. We are to conduct ourselves as God the Father conducts himself in this world as he sends blessing upon both those who believe and the unbelievers. He sends rain. He allows the sun to shine on not just Christians. We don't walk around in such a special way that the light is only over our heads and everybody else is in the darkness, spiritually, maybe. And the light of faith has been turned on in our lives. But God blesses all, and so we are to be in that same way. We're to bless and not curse. We're to do good and not hate. We're to pray, even for those who come against us. And we're to be like-minded in verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. These are almost like Solomon's Proverbs. He keeps having all these one-liners, these little thoughts, and then he moves on to another section. But we are to be like-minded toward those who are of the faith. We're not to be high-minded but in humility, we are to serve one another. In humility, we're to serve one another. In Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4, it says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. The great C.S. Lewis, he once said about humility, 
True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. We live in a generation where we have a society of kids who that's all they know. Kevin mentioned it earlier, the selfie. That's all they do know is that, let me get another picture of myself, myself, myself. Let me post that picture of me, me, me. Let other people see me. Another author, this one unknown, said, humility is a strange thing. The minute you think you've got it, you've lost it. We are to be humble. And true humility, I believe it's hard to achieve and impossible without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And yet we're called to humility. We're called to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might lift us up in due time, as it says in 1 Peter 5, 6. And there is no better example of true humility than our Savior Jesus Christ, as it tells us in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He became obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. And to live like a Christian means that we are to humbly serve one another. It stood out to me that it tells us that we are in humility to lift up others. In humility, we're to have that humble spirit about us as believers in Jesus Christ. Now, to be humble, it does not mean that we have to be weak. I've had guys in a, uh, tell me that from the construction side of things that you can't be a Christian and work in the construction business. And I'm thinking, yeah, you can, because I did it for 20 years. And you can serve as a believer in Jesus Christ. You can conduct yourselves and, and you can be a boss and you can have a, a word that speaks authority, but you don't have to use bad language to kind of get that point across. Do you know that you can say tough things without using bad words? You can. You can give discipline without having to curse someone. You may get cursed back, and I have. And one time I remember in a job in Vernon Hills where a guy was cussing at me and I just, I looked up at him and I yelled at him and I said, do you know who you're talking to? It was his last day on the job. He found out who he was talking to. Now, sometimes I would have grace. On that day, I didn't have grace. And I think sometimes as an employer, you set an example before others. I did it before on a job where I had to send someone home. After he left, I gathered the crew around, and I said, this is why he is no longer on my project. He came to work drunk, and I said, I will not have it here. I set the example and let everybody know what had taken place afterwards. Maybe today I would get in trouble for doing that. I think one of the great blessings I had one of the guys that trained me in masonry, I had an opportunity to 
have his son on my project as an apprentice. And years later, this young man introduced his wife to me, and he said, this is the best guy I ever worked for. And what a privilege it was, too. I learned a lot from his dad, who wasn't a believer, but a very skilled craftsman. And I was able to share what I'd learned from his dad with this young man, but also in such a way that he, he was just blessed. And so we have to learn how to conduct ourselves in this world. We're to live peaceably, verses 17 and 18. It's strange, a world that desires peace. The majority of our world doesn't live like it wants peace. And although Paul's encouragement goes against our inherent sin nature, as the redeemed of the Lord, we are new creations in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are to conduct ourselves as such. We're to do what's right, verse 17. Repay no one with evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And the world often will repay evil with evil. You hit me, I'll hit you back. Yet Jesus taught us, in Matthew 5:39, I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Well, that's a hard one, Lord. Yes, it is. In fact, my dad said, I'm not saying this is scripture. This is what my dad said. The Lord said, turn your cheek. But he didn't say what you do after that. So... <laughs> One strike, two strike, three strikes, you're out. I'm going after you. I don't, I don't know. But So that was my dad. That's not the Bible. <laughs> Instead of repaying evil for evil, we're to have regard. It means to take thought of good things. We're to take thought of the good things. In other words, we are to do good before others, not evil. The Bible tells us in Matthew 5.16, we are to let our light so shine before men that they will glorify our Father in heaven. Do you shine in such a way that people just know that you must be a Christian? And if possible, live peaceably. Verse 18, as believers, we're not perfect. We know that we've been saved, we're forgiven, but we are not perfect but we should strive to live in peace with others, and both believers and unbelievers. He said, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible, sometimes living peaceably with others can prove difficult and yet even impossible at times. And Paul did not say, if possible, as much as depends on them, live peaceably with all men. He said, if possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We each have our role to play in this. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Jesus emphasizes the importance of resolving conflict between a brother or sister. Our worship is, it's not merely vertical, but it's horizontal as well. To have this right relationship with God, we must also strive to have right relationships with others. In Hebrews 12, 14, the writer of Hebrews said it this way, pursue peace with all people and holiness 
without which no one will see the Lord. We are to be pursuers of peace. To live like a Christian means that our worship is not merely vertical, but also horizontal. And how we conduct ourselves with others, it speaks a lot about how we conduct ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. We are to overcome evil with good, verses 19 through 21, and we close with Paul teaching that some things must be left in God's hands. In verse 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I have to tell you that the first time that I can remember this verse becoming significant in my life is when I came home, I believe it was in a January, came home when we lived over in Zion, Illinois, and discovered that our house had been broken into. And a majority of our valuable stuff was gone. The jewelry that I'd given to Lily, all gone. A ring that my mom gave to me on the day that my dad died. She brought me into their bedroom, took out a ring, and she said, I want you to have this. It's gone. I don't. Someone broke into our house. They, they took it. And I felt violated, angry, and rightfully so. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. See, we can be angry. Anger is not always sin. But if anger isn't quickly checked, it can often lead to sin. Far too often we become angry and we give place to the devil because we don't deal with the situation right away. We let things fester, and as they fester, they just get a little worse. On the other hand, we can deal with things too quickly before we've checked our own anger. And so you have to find the balance. It has to be done prayerfully. Either way, dealing with things too quickly or not quick enough, it could always give a foothold to Satan. And so we have to learn how to deal with anger and not allow it to become sin to our lives. And James 1, 19 and 20, it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And when attempts in resolving conflict fail, you know, we need to leave the situation into the hands of God. And, and that's ultimately why this verse became significant to me when our house had been broken into, because I realized it was beyond my control. It's like, Lord, this is yours. And we had insurance and we got stuff replaced, but you can replace a ring, but it wasn't my dad's ring. It was just a ring that I replaced what represented that ring. So, you know, we have to learn to overcome evil by good, verses 20 and 21. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, first of all, just take note, verse 20. You are not feeding your enemy or giving him drink because you're thinking, aha, coals of fire being distributed on your head. That's not why you're doing it. 
That would be giving him food and water with an evil thought that God is going to judge you in the torments of hell. We are to overcome evil by good. Instead of repaying evil for evil, if our enemy is hungry, we're to feed them. If they're thirsty, we're to give them drink. We are to overcome evil with good. The psalmist David, a warrior, had this to say in Psalm 34, verses 11 through 18. He says, come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? So let's ask the question. David's asking it. Who desires life, many days, long life, and good days in your life? I would have to say that would be all of us, right? And so he said, here's the path to that. In verse 13, Psalm 34, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as with a contrite spirit. And so we are through humility, brokenness, having a contrite spirit. We're to conduct ourselves in this life. And to live like a Christian means that we are to overcome evil with good while leaving vengeance to the Lord. It's not that we can't conduct ourselves in righteousness or bring judgment in a situation or if there are rules or laws to not deal with situations. Of course we are. We're to conduct ourselves in this life with the abilities that the Lord has given us. But we are not to have that evil intent. We as Christians, we are to love without hypocrisy. We are to bless and not curse. We are to, if possible, live peaceably with all men. Meaning that our worship is not merely vertical between us and God, but horizontal between our brothers and sisters around us as well. And we are to overcome evil with good while leaving the ultimate outcome of these things into the ever faithful hands of the Lord. So just remember, the Lord has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. He's given us each different gifts. Some of our gifts may be the same. Others will be different. But each of us, we are to conduct ourselves, as Paul wrote for us in verses 9 through 21, It's how we are to conduct ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. Not an optional, uh, you've been dealt a number of different things, thinking I like this one, I don't like that one, I like this one, I'll take that. Nope, don't want that one, no. This is how we are to conduct ourselves in life. We are to have the mark of Christianity in such a way that people can see the zeal, the joy, the happiness, and know even in the trials, that you belong to Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word and for what it teaches us. We have all kind of struggled in these areas. and We have probably all been guilty in one area or another of not conducting ourselves in the way of Christ. And forgive us, Lord, where we have failed. And help us, Lord, 
to conduct ourselves as much as it has to do with us, Lord, to conduct ourselves in such a way that we live agape before others, that others would see our good and glorify our Father in heaven. We pray that this would be the case. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Just know this, that this listing that Paul gave us in verses 9 through 21, it all begins with the very first step, which Paul did not write about at this particular point. That first step is faith in Jesus Christ. It all begins right there. You can live out all these things and be a very good person in this world and be without faith in Jesus Christ, and then you are a very good sinner without salvation. So it begins with Jesus, and I want to just challenge you, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, that's step number one. Then afterwards, you can let love be without hypocrisy and go on through that list. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let go.